Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Hello and happy, welcome, welcome to episode 113 of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm Linda. Hey, I'm Seth. And I'm Chris. And uh, today we've got kind of a potpourri of science fiction stuff to talk about. Oh, potpourri. That's what I would call it. Um, and, Not to make it through uh, the potpourri. Yeah. So I think uh, we've got to start off with a little uh, gaming news, um, Seth, with uh, Nintendo. What's going on there? You want to bring us uh, up to speed? Well, I guess. So this would have been two weeks ago. Uh, this was this week at time of recording. But uh, since we're recording delayed, uh, we just uh, saw the Nintendo Direct, the newest Nintendo Direct. So this is their first quarter Nintendo Direct where they kind of lay out the big games coming for the year. And there is a fair amount of news uh, related to that. Uh, uh, some of it's really exciting for me. I imagine that other things are more exciting for other people. Uh, but we are going to be getting quite a few new games so are you primarily a Nintendo gamer or because I know you have a PlayStation as well? I do most of my gaming on uh, on Nintendo or on my Switch okay. and also my 3DS now. I refound that and that's got a lot of good stuff on it yet still. Huh. Quite a nice little system. Yeah. I'd forgotten about it. Uh how about you, Chris? You're quite a gamer too, I think, right? Yeah, uh I haven't so much lately. I'm kind of across all platforms, but I do have a Switch and I also have a 3DS and they're both great. So, huh. all right. And I mean, I do play PlayStation as well. It's just nice. the portability of the Switch for me means I game on it a whole lot more. Uh, so, we can be mm -hmm. watching something at in the evening and I can pull my Switch out and get a little gaming in at the same time. Sort or of like Linda can... on her cell phone when we're watching movies. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then, yeah, and then and then she's like, wait a minute, what happened there? Boring movies. <laughs> Boring movies. <laughs> yeah, I uh yeah, for me, Switch was portability and uh when I traveled a lot, uh that's what I would use on planes or long car rides or whatever. So that's kind of what, what I did. So I haven't obviously traveled a lot in the last couple of years. Uh, so I haven't played it nearly as much as I'd like to. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's something that when I want to, when I want to be gaming on the go or something, and I'm going to be sitting here playing for a while, if I'm not doing an audio book, I'm gaming on a switch. Yeah. Okay. So what are you switch looking is... forward to in the, the new features, Seth, that were announced? Uh, well, I'm looking forward to uh, Xenoblade Chronicles three, probably the most. Uh, so 
here's Kotaku. Kotaku has a pretty good... Uh, I mean, we don't know much about Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is probably my, fav- the, my favorite game on the Switch. Especially if you just look at hours played. I... I was I had uh, just started playing Xenoblade Chronicles two again before this announcement, not expecting anything. Like I, I didn't think Chronicles three was anywhere near, but I have played three hundred and eighty one hours of Xenoblade. Holy Chronicles cow! 2. Wow! And that Holy is, cow. and I have only really put maybe 10 hours into my second playthrough of the game so about at least 350 hours of that is on my first playthrough you could probably be a professional airline pilot if you devoted that time to (laughs) now i am going to caveat that by saying that (laughs) i think that xenoblade chronicles is timer keeps track of the total time you have the game open whether your switch is Uh, whether you're actively playing or it's on pause that's actually only like 16 days so that's not that much when you think about it in days (laughs) it's it's a lot it's a lot to log in a in a game uh of that nature i mean usually lengthier ones you know 80 100 hours uh is pretty common but this is just a handheld device right it's a i could run and get it but it, i mean it's a it's like basically a tablet. a tablet with a couple controllers on the side mm-hmm. okay oh how much of one of those little things put you back uh a, a uh the the, the non- well, there's a, there's an oled model and a there are three models there's a light which you can't plug into your TV. It's just a handheld device. There's the, the standard model, which is uh, has the controllers that come off, and you can plug it into your TV. That one is 300 And then they came out with an OLED uh, switch with an upgraded uh, screen and some other hardware improvements, and that one's 350 Okay, yeah. It, it's well, a very that bad i guess no it's a very reasonable price like if you yeah for as capable as it is yeah i'm trying to find them trying to find something for your mother well no i'm trying to find something to equal the amount of money you've spent in droids so that might be one of the deals hey (laughs) linda linda i I have an offer for you after this if you want (laughs) where's my seth mute button (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so i i also see here seth they have another fire emblem coming out so i yeah, i'm so... a fire emblem uh guy myself and uh i see they have a fire emblem warriors uh three heroes coming so i'm actually looking yeah forward so to that. this is more along the line yeah like fire emblem warriors this isn't your standard fire emblem experience this is one of the what's called a muswo game where right. so it's a type of game where you control a character a kind of third party but mm-hmm. you're fighting huge huge armies but mm-hmm. also your character is able to pretty much murder hundreds of people at the same time a plus <laughs> well not murder but you know it's a war it's a warfare game that's kind yeah. of centered around certain characters being heroes kind of like a like what you might 
maybe would imagine uh, the kind of classical warfare with the heroes and the enemy generals who would equal entire armies all on their own. So there's a fireball option is what you're saying. <laughs> Everything yeah. is the fireball option Everything in a fireball. game. Like, <laughs> I, I haven't played too much of them. I played a little bit. Uh, the gameplay did hasn't appealed to me yet, but I need to give things another try. Uh, oh, but yeah, crap. so like a hundred people will be running at you, and oh you'll God. just you'll let loose a single attack that decimates the battlefield. Boom. Makes you feel like a badass. Is basically yep. you feel like a badass is the kind of game this is. Like yeah. Huh. Um, okay. But not Zeno like Chronicles 3. That's completely different. Yeah. I, I see they also have a Chrono Cross announced coming to the Yes, that's well. another thing I'm excited about is uh, a re-release of Chrono Cross. Uh, some a a Square Enix game that I didn't get to play because I was too busy with college at the time. Oh, I know. Oh, no. I have only got a. I only got to play a little bit of this, but what I actually have is like that theme song that's been stuck in my head for <laughs> the last long time twenty now. years now. <laughs> so Chrono Cross has some amazing music in it. It does. It does. Cool. Um, really, a lot of the a lot of the Square games. They had a couple. Re they have a couple really good composers who make just phenomenal music. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Nobuo Uematsu. Yeah, I believe that's it. Yeah, Nobuo Uematsu is the is who usually writes the Final Fantasy music. Yep. I don't oh, know if he's still writing or is has moved on into more of a inspirational role, I guess. And other people are writing the music. But that one composer, he, I've got tons and tons of his music because... Yeah, to give you guys he, scale, they put on events. I've been to one here in Omaha that are dedicated to mm -hmm. his music. And oh I've been God. I've been to one as mm. two. I've been to one too. And he actually will come to a lot yes. of those and well, go on the tours and be direct mm -hmm. the music. And yeah. they'll have scenes from the video games up in the background as the that music is playing. And it's absolutely yep. wonderful. Yep, I have been to those uh, as well. It is great. Yasunori really Mitsuda. Yeah, Yasunori Mitsuda is the is the man who composed the music for uh, Chrono Cross and several other of Square Enix's kind of off, off not Final Fantasy, but still RPGs. Mm -hmm. uh, he did the original music for Xenogears. Wow. And he's still a composer for the xenoblade chronicles which is part of why i love that music to death hmm. nice. like that series is almost worth playing just to hear the different music hmm. so what one of the things that, about xenoblade is that it's set in really kind of alien environments so the first xenoblade chronicles takes place on a world that is basically two enormous titans. Just humongous, <clears throat> humongous beings that died fighting each other. And then various races colonized the dead bodies of these titans. Oh, wow. 
They live in the Titans? On, yeah, on their bodies and in their bodies. Like they died eons ago fighting each other. And there's the... Oh. Like, petrified? Kind of. Mm. But they're so big that like these Titans are so big that while you're playing and you're walking around, you can look up and see the shadow of it looming above you for the whole game as and you're the map is you're like, okay, I'm on the knee of this thing now. <laughs> oh god. Huh. Wow. And in in uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, it's a different world, but a little bit of the same kind of thing. Uh, the entire world is covered in what's called the Cloud Sea. And the only habitable areas are living titans that sail the Cloud Sea. So the oh enormous creatures that are just so big, they have jungles and different biomes across the entire surface what? or there's one that where you're only partially on the surface and you have to go inside the titan where it's a gig just an absolutely enormous frozen cavern wouldn't so gravitational forces compact them <laughs> into a ball shape uh, you're talking about anime and logic and physics and none of those things have any sort of relation to one another <laughs> the whole time I'm playing I'd be like this doesn't make any sense so, so I'm sharing something Bill can you yeah I I, I I need to stop sharing go for it so that's so these things aren't cheap <laughs> no it's, just, it's a no that's a typical title. game cost now but yeah so in, it's a in the Seth's, title. Yeah, in the Seth's point, um, they so you're saying that what Nintendo announced at the event was they're they're moving on to the third release of this now. Yeah, in September. So oh. now I've got a time clock going on me. I have to finish playing Xenoblade Chronicles One. I, <clears throat> I have to finish playing the Xenoblade Chronicles Two through another time, and I've got to play the expansion, uh, Torna: The Golden Kingdom. Oh <laughs> so I've got to do all that before September. That and still fit in all of your streaming needs and work, work, work. <laughs> no rest for the wicked. Well, let me yeah. ask you this question. You guys both as Seth and, and Chris as avid gamers. If you because Linda and I, we don't do a whole lot of gaming. We've got a PS3. I think we and, played Pong once. Well, <laughs> No, I think the last game we played was um, Halo 3. Long time ago. Yeah. Halo, anyway. Really? Halo? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's Shut up. No, well, no, that's not true. Uh, we did play that Portal game. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That. That's another thing. Yeah. Go ahead. I'll finish. Anyway, so my question was, or is, if someone were interested in getting into gaming today, uh, maybe they wanted a console system to play with you know, siblings or friends or housemates, whatever the case may be, what would you guys recommend? Uh, Chris, do you mind if I I've go got forward? a couple? Go ahead. Go ahead. So once again, it depends entirely on what you want to play. You, you've got, uh, then you've got, you've already got what you want to play right there. That's your game system. Uh, Linda held up a phone with a game she's playing on it. <laughs> 
uh, playing now as opposed to paying attention to the podcast. And right. the for <laughs> I wanted to show an example. <laughs> so, yeah. So each, I guess each of the systems kind of has a demographic they appeal to. Uh, Nintendo's is a lot more family friendly. They have a lot more cooperative games that are good for all ages. Hmm. Uh, uh, both Sony and uh, Microsoft, their systems are are much more the high end systems. So, I mean, an Xbox, a current uh, gen Xbox, is going to run you twice as much as a Switch, hmm. but um... it's going to have better graphics if that's something you care about. Yeah, right. But I mean, if you're just wanting to get in, mm-hmm. and, and like you're buying your first system, three hundred dollars for a Switch is a lot easier to swallow than uh, six hundred for a PS Five or an Xbox Series X, and that's if you can find either of those systems. And that's more portable. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, because I I, I never, that's one of the reasons I think we never really used our PlayStation 3 or even our Xbox that much is you had to commit time in front of a TV screen to do it. And I'd rather just take it with me on the road. Yeah, so the (laughs) Switch, uh, the reason it's called the Switch is because it's got a dock. You just pop it into the dock and then it's up on the screen. And you just take it out of the dock and then you're playing in handheld mode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I will... I will add a couple of things though. Um, the, the Xbox and, and the PlayStation, you know, they, they're around like $500, but there is another option that's coming here soon from steam actually called the steam duck. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if you're into PC gaming and you need to be mobile, there's actually a really good option for the bang for bucks that you get versus trying to buy, let's say a gaming PC. But if you're into a lot of the, the, the steam game uh, library that they have, which, which helps a ton in terms of cost management because there's always sales. The, the games tend to be a little bit cheaper. Right. You can buy a Steam Deck um, for, I, I think, $399, $499 price range. And the performance has actually been pretty great. Um, and it's basically, you know, their target isn't PC gaming or console gaming. It's directly targeted, in my opinion, anyways, uh, the Nintendo Switch. So if you want to um, get out of the Nintendo ecosystem or you're not really into that and you want to have more... Uh, I'd say more choice, but you want to have a broad range of games available that maybe you could find on a PC. There's also the Steam Deck. So, mm-hmm. and, and with that hardware, you could potentially do a little bit more than just run Steam's OS on there. Uh, maybe something more open source or Windows or something. Potentially, we'll find out more as it gets released here in the next couple months. But uh, that's also another alternative out there if you're looking mm-hmm. for something to get to get into it. So the, the, the reality is, depending on your budget, there's plenty of good options out there. <laughs> There's yeah. really no bad option. So it's, between $200 and $600, there's something for you. It's hmm. really about what you want to play. Yep. Like, uh, if you want to play the next Skyrim, like, that's your... If Skyrim is your jam or the Bethesda games, uh, mm-hmm. Fallout or anything like that, and you want to play the new ones coming out, you need a... You need a uh, Microsoft uh, Xbox uh, Series Series S or Series X. Uh, they won't be coming out on other consoles. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to play Mario games, then it's Switch or nothing else. Yeah, uh, yeah, I will. Play... Yeah, if, I will point that out. On Nintendo, though, they are strictly only on Nintendo devices. Yeah, 
and there are it, other games that do end up cross console. And mm. that is a major that's a major strength of uh, the Switch and uh, Nintendo is that their first party uh, their their own produced games are extremely strong. Mm-hmm. Like if you get a Nintendo game, you're getting a good game. Like they they yeah. have they yeah. they are able to kind of still put their seal of Nintendo quality on the games they make themselves. Agreed. Uh, so if you like strategy, you've got Fire Emblem. If you want uh, if you want sci-fi and a platformer, there's Metroid Dread. Uh, if you want something fantasy and RPG, you've got Xenoblade. Uh, if you want something that's just fun, a, a fun platformer, the Mario entries are hard to beat. Uh, if you want something that's good to play with a group, they've got Mario Party and Smash Brothers. And for esports, they've got Splatoon. They've even got... got fitness stuff out there. Oh, yeah. They're working out. Yep. With accessories, you know, the, they have the that wheel, the Nintendo wheel or whatever that you can use. It's kind of... Yeah, um, with the, the Switch Fit or whatever it is. Yeah, something like that. Um, ring uh, Fit. Either way. Yeah, Ring Fit. Yeah, so they have a Ring Fit program. Which is which, a good uh, workout. It, have you ever is. tried that? Uh, yeah, we just got one actually. So it it's like we have it. So that uh, it's it's very versatile in what it can do. So aside I feel from the quality like, of the like games, I have a, it's, it's a good like household I, thing. I have a financial advisor. I feel like I need a game advisor now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to apply for the position. <laughs> I can find something you'll like. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, uh, anything oh. else to wrap it up? Yeah. Uh, speaking of Portal, uh, Portal and Portal 2 are coming to the Switch. Oh. Relatively ah. soon. Yeah, that'll be big for them. Nice. So if you've never played Portal or Portal 2, they are fantastic games. They are like, fantastic games. Portal no, you can't, you can't have my Switch. <laughs> hmm? He can't play on my Switch. He can play with his droids. But if you got Portal 2 on the Switch, he could play with you. Uh-oh. Right. They've got a cooperative mode that Jenna assures me is super fun. Huh. All right. Well, we'll have to look into that, sounds like. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, uh, let's see. On another note, and we'll switch gears a little bit. Uh, we've got a little bit of Star Trek news this week. Um, let me put this up on the screen here real quick. Here it comes. All right. So, uh, Star Trek's Starfleet Academy series is allegedly in production. Um, so production doesn't necessarily mean that they're shooting, uh, with cast and crew yet, but most likely, um, maybe working on scripts or possibly maybe, you know, starting, uh, um, design of, uh, um, uh, environments. Uh, it's going to be at Starfleet Academy and, uh, I fairly certain that it's going to involve, um, Ensign Tilly from Star Trek Discovery. Uh, interestingly, a few episodes ago, we saw her leave, uh, the USS Discovery, to go teach at Starfleet Academy. 
And in fact, there was one episode there where she was uh, leading a group of um, Starfleet cadets um, that needed um, a little bit of um, help sort of uh, working, to, learning to work together across species. So she took them out on what was supposed to be a simple little uh, adventure, and it turned into kind of a life-threatening uh, type of uh, adventure as these things normally, as these things typically do. A so, three-hour uh, tour. Yeah, three-hour right. tour. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pretty much. So, uh, anyway, so, so she, uh, after that, she, uh, decided to leave the ship because she felt that her calling was teaching at Starfleet Academy. And I think this has got the potential for being a really interesting show because I'm assuming that it's got to be since Tilly's going to be there at Starfleet Academy, that this show is taking place, um, 900 years in the future. And at that point in time, <clears throat> There really was no Federation. The Federation kindly dissolved due to the burn where um, dilithium um, across the uh, across the galaxy exploded. Uh, any dilithium that was in use was instantly destroyed along with the starships or whatever spaceships were using it. So um, as a result, there was no warp travel and uh, Starfleet kind of shrunk down to just a few member worlds and there was no Starfleet Academy. So now that they've gotten the lithium back, they figured out what caused the burn and put an end to that, things can kind of get back to normal. And so we saw um, with uh, Tilly in this show, we saw her uh, with kind of one of these first groups, uh, the first class class to go through the new Starfleet Academy. So it will be really interesting, in my opinion, to see this whole thing kind of come together and how they build up this, you know, what we know as a venerable institution where they teach, you know, the, all the Federation officers. And uh, so it'll be kind of fun. I think there'll be a lot of uh, cool stories that they can tell there and a lot of interesting adventures along the way. And, and new species will probably meet because basically every member world in, in Starfleet will try to send folks to Starfleet Academy so that they can serve somewhere on a starship. So, so um, question, question, Bill, with, yeah. uh, we were also expecting another show a while back. I thought, and it, I saw in the article, it's been delayed the, the section 31, um, yes. Related ones. Um, right. Is so, there a reason why there's been delays there? Or has it just been, you know, other stuff going on in the world related or? Yeah. Um, I, I think there's been other stuff going on. Mostly it's been, um, a number of other Star Trek series that they uh -huh. wanted to get out. And so, um, we see, we've got the second season of Star Trek Picard and oh, right. we've got okay the first season of Star Trek Strange New World. So Star Trek Picard starts March 3rd, I think it is. And then Strange New Worlds uh, starts in May, early part of May. Yeah. And so now we're going to have um, three live action Star Trek series going on at the same time. And from what I remember seeing is that the, the next series in the pipeline is this Star Trek Section 31 series, right. which deals with this covert clandestine organization, right? And that's um, Michelle Yo, I think, has been tapped, or I know has been tapped to be the lead of that series. And um, 
those that watched Star Trek Discovery will recall the last time we saw Michelle Yeoh or as Emperor Giorgio. Um, she was having trouble um, adjusting to life 900 years in the future because your genetic makeup um, can either handle time travel or it can handle parallel universe. You better recall she was having episodes uh, yeah, off and on there. Yep. Where she was starting to dissolve and fade out. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, you can't handle both uh, time, uh, a parallel universe jump and a huge time jump like that. So fortunately, um, they uh, found the Guardian of Forever and the Guardian of Forever tested Michelle Yeoh and found her worthy of help and sent her off uh, into space and time. So we don't know where she's come out yet, but uh, good suspicion is that she's back in the same time frame as what we're going to see uh, Strange New Worlds be in with uh, Christopher Pike and them, because um, the guy that played uh, Voke or Ash Tyler, you know, that, okay. that character, uh, he's supposed to be in it as well. Um, oh, so, right. and we know that he's back in that time frame with Christopher mm -hmm. Pike. So I think the cool thing there is that there'll be some opportunity for some cross, um, shows where they interact with each other in different, different means. So it'll be, uh, also an interesting show because the, what we know now of the time frame of Christopher Pike, uh, it seems like most people are familiar with section 31. Mm -hmm. But by the time of uh, the next generation and Deep Space Nine and Voyager, right. Section 31 is really a highly clandestine organization without <clears throat> many people knowing about it. And it kind of works well behind the scenes uh, of the Federation. So that organization is going to get retooled. And I think Michelle Yeoh is going to be obviously majorly involved in doing that. So it'll be interesting to see how that evolves. But yeah, that... there's, there's a lot. There's a lot coming out. It sounds yeah. like hopefully hopefully it's not too much to where the quality suffers or right. you know, having to cancel things. Because yeah. you're, you're right. That is a lot of new Star Trek to start throwing out there. So you, you've got to wonder. Right. Yeah. Right. And of course, they also have they have the two new animated series that are also going on at the same time. Wow. Uh, Star Trek Lower Decks and Star yeah. Trek Prodigy. Right. Mm -hmm. So we've got five um, five uh, Star Trek series that are currently in production in some state of production. And uh, this Star Trek uh, Starfleet Academy would be the sixth. Now, there was uh, an interview with uh, the guy that's the head of programming, I think, for CBS Paramount. Mm -hmm. And uh, his uh, statement was that Paramount's goal is to have a new Star Trek episode of some series airing every week going into the future. So that would mean that there's, an, you know, enough shows in production that there is never a gap where a series is on hiatus and you don't have a new Star Trek to watch. So that uh, well, don't cancel. That's, that's extremely ambitious. Yes. Don't yeah. cancel your Paramount Plus. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably what they're going for. Is yeah. like, okay, I, we've got this thing that. We know people subscribe to this for. We can't let there ever be a time where there's no new Star Trek or else people will drop it. 
right exactly yeah i i guess so yeah if that's your cash cow then then rake it in and i you know what i would i would sign up for that myself and i would keep it so <laughs> it's it's yeah, working there's uh there's uh, Michelle Yeo uh, and a little article on the Section 31. So, you know, folks can uh, get out on uh, the Internet and Google it and uh, see what the latest news is on Section 31. But I think that's it. They're kind of working on getting there. And, and part of the additional problem, besides the fact that they've been busy gearing up already a number of new shows, is that Michelle Yeoh herself is quite a popular uh, actor and uh, mm -hmm. is in a lot of new shows also. So uh, they, they're they having to uh, work around her schedule a bit as well. So uh, yeah, she's kind of reaching superstar status. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because yeah, I think she's, she's in the, uh, isn't there a, like a Witcher spinoff or something that she's supposed to be in? Uh, maybe it's a pre pre-Witcher thing. I can't remember what it's called was she in the witcher the new season of the witcher no but i think this is a, a prequel series or something that i saw an ad for um maybe maybe linda can find that while we're chatting here but uh anyway that'll she's so she's yeah very very busy which which is good good for her we she's a great actress and god i i well. just loved to to see her in uh, Discovery because she was just so badass. <laughs> it was she's, awesome. she's got a, like, we've talked about this before, but she's got a new movie coming out called Everything Everywhere All at Once that looks yeah, really, really that good. That looked pretty interesting. What, do you, uh, what's that about? Do you guys know? Uh, it's a Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah, so it's a multiverse <laughs> movie. Come on, come on, Bill, it's in the name. <laughs> so it's basically, 42. It is a multiverse movie where uh, Michelle Yost has has a a character or whatever. She has a a duplicate in every universe, and she is the only person in her character in whatever universe this is happening in is the only person anywhere who can tap into the lives and experiences of their counterparts. It looks good. All their counterparts. So it sounds like, like a, a quantum leap taken to the next level. Sounds more like uh, the one taken to the next level. If you've ever seen that one. Huh. Uh, That's a jet. Yeah. Lee? It's a jet Lee. Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah. With infinite jet Lee's. Yeah, so uh, yeah. yeah, the story in the one, and it's that I really like the one. Uh, it's the same kind of setup, except that in the multiverse, when one of your duplicates gets killed, their power gets distributed to all the surviving uh, duplicates of you, <laughs> and so there have been like there were uh one of Jet Li's duplicates has been going around the multiverse killing all the other Jet Li's yep. so that all the power had been like concentrated down into uh, the evil version of him and the good version of him. And then whoever like killed the other one would attain like godhood or whatever. Yeah, it was a, if you were a huge fan of Jet Li and just wanted more Jet Li, that was the movie to uh, to watch. For sure. I have a scene, if someone could pull that up, from that everything uh, all at once. Uh, it, it gets pretty some pretty gnarly 
uh, fight scenes in there, some craziness. Uh, but it looks like it was going to be a, an extremely fun movie. Yeah, it so, looks very weird and very fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, found, uh, actually... I found that. Sorry, I, I found that series uh, that I was talking about. Yeah, it's, it's called The Witcher Blood Origin. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's an elven world 1,200 years before the time of Geralt of Rivia. Uh, it's a world of monsters, mm. men, and elves uh, that merge. Um, <clears throat> that sounds pretty good. Shit. Yeah, but anyway, uh, there there is a trailer out for it on YouTube, uh, and uh, it looks really good. So... And Michelle Yo Yo is in that uh, as uh, the lead, I think. So uh, uh, I have a screen share you can put out there, yeah. and you can see just how busy Michelle Yo is right now. <laughs> She's yeah, got oh yeah, Avatar, uh, Avatar four five. You can blow that up a little bit, Linda. It's hard to read. Uh, how just, do I make uh, that any bigger? Control mouse wheel. Control mouse wheel. Avatar three. Four and five. It still amazes me that there oh. are going to be so many of these Avatar films. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it keeps getting bigger. Like the first, that? like the first yeah. Avatar was fine. Oh dear. But I don't think it was anything that should have spawned off so many sequels. I I agree. Uh, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I think it's ambitious. I think they've just kind of thrown that out there. But realistically, I don't know what they're thinking with that. So. <laughs> Uh, but we have a lot of other stuff that's coming out too. Uh, Lord of the Rings, oh, uh, wow. from uh, I think Amazon. That was, is that Amazon? Yeah, we have that coming. Um, uh, they released some uh, shots of that recently, and so uh, that's a, that's a series, uh, essentially a Lord of the Rings series. So is it? Is yeah. It take place the same time as the movies that we've seen, and is it the same? Uh, it's more of a prequel. Oh, yeah. uh, covering Galadriel. Uh, Galadriel. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. Yeah, so this, this is thousands of years before. Uh, this would okay. probably be about when the rings were forged. Yeah. Uh, leading oh. up to the the Great War. Right. Sauron. Right. Wow, that sounds really good as well. That sounds good, yeah. Yeah, so I've got I've got some screens here of that, um, and I'll scroll through this uh, page here real quick. You know, this is really awesome. I, you know, we I think we live in a golden age of science fiction and fantasy programming I right know. now. I think I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. What they're coming out with these days is, is amazing. We we'd always hope to see things that they attempted, you know, 30, 40 years ago get remade right. or just done later on. And yeah. then now that we're here, it's easier for them to make it. And there's so many cool things they can do with it. And, yeah, and here know, we are. The technology is just so advanced with what they can do. And do, do you, you think know, a lot of this spun off of Game of Thrones and its success? Could be, yeah. Because I mean, yeah, well, I feel like before Game of Thrones, I don't remember that much choice in this kind of of shows. Yeah. And now it's like nuts. <laughs> yeah, Game of Thrones uh, kind of set up the whole epic fantasy tv show yeah yeah was and the interest in it i think is really what helped drive it home that there is something here yeah um that they can do it's not mm -hmm. like it has to be low budget but if you actually put the effort in right you know make it good and they will come you know you know well, i think it, it even goes back. Said it's a billion dollars uh 
yeah. that they're putting into it. So it's not cheap. I, <laughs> I would argue that it goes back even further in that, further than that to uh, the show Lost. Because oh. I think that was one mm. of the first. Yeah, because it was a, a fantasy Avenger. series, right? Uh, sort of <laughs> sci-fi-ish, but fantasy. You had the smoke monster and, you know, you had, I mean, it wasn't uh, medieval fantasy times that's, or that's true. Lord of the Ring fantasy, but it was a, a fantasy world, uh, a, sort of a magical island that could disappear and reappear anywhere and on Earth. But it's crazy it was still very much... Uh, TV production standards, though, like it, it, it was, the, it, it was, it was what they would typically do. Still, yeah. Well, it was the best they could do at the time because it, there wasn't any. Well, no, there, there weren't any streaming services, right? And right. like they weren't competing for eyeballs like they are now, right? Like no, there were other was... series before Lost that did a continuous story. Uh, Babylon yeah. Five being the first I can think True. of, and then yeah. uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like genre fiction has always kind of wanted to tell these continuous long stories, but it couldn't really do that when, uh, or it had a lot of trouble doing that when week to week someone might miss an episode and just not be able to get caught up. Right. Right. But Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that I still kind of think that uh, Game of Thrones was the first one that really did kind of a cinematic quality i would agree agree with that that. yeah Yeah. so we have another film coming out too called the adam project starring ryan reynolds yeah that Um, looks fun that's another netflix got a couple of screens to show with that one um i got one here but this is basically from from what i gathered watching the the trailer i don't have like the full lowdown and what the plot is supposed to be um but from what we gather somehow um uh, this the kid you see here, uh, Ryan Reynolds plays the future version of him that that crash lands on on Earth from the future presumably, um, and uh, you know what he's doing there we're not sure but it's clear that something's going on. We see enemies, we see uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, uh, fighting with uh, this cool dual wielding or, or what do you call the uh, the double sided lightsaber. Uh, lightsaber kind of thing, uh, but I thought there was a name for the weapon, and it escapes me right now. You almost like a Darth Maul is, almost like what Darth Maul's running around with. Uh, oh. You know, it's got it's got a, a laser that kind of comes out both ends. But you see Ryan Reynolds uh, uh, having some action-packed fighting going on in there and stuff. So looks like it'll be pretty interesting. Also, looks like it'll be pretty funny. He's got his normal quips. Uh, sounds like the, sounds like the kid does as well. Yeah, uh, you know, in the trailer, the kid's like, uh, you know, gets suspended from school from fighting again, and you know, the mother's calling him out on it. You know, hey, you can't keep getting suspended, He's like, you know, for for fighting. He's like, yeah, you think I'd be good at it by now? This is all like bashed in, you know. So, right. So, adventure comedy. Zane. Yeah, something, something of that nature. So, I think uh, I'm looking forward to to this uh, sci-fi future kind of thing from some headlines they say you know think back to the future when you look at that i don't know if i would say that just yet because back to the future was you know that trilogy did some iconic. pretty unique things yeah um, and was pretty iconic so that remains to be seen I, I didn't when i look at the trailer i didn't think anything back to the future i'm like we have so many movies that, that deal with yeah. time travel sure. and we don't say hey that reminds me of back to the future so the what, future. what people got out of that from uh the trailer i don't know but yeah uh, i'm looking yeah. forward to this one yeah. yeah how nice would it be if like you were 10 years old 
and then you find out the future version of you is Ryan Reynolds. Right. <laughs> nice. Right. Right. Well, um, when I watched the trailer, one of the things that caught my eye that I thought was pretty cool is he's got this uh basically a time ship, spaceship type of a thing, right? Mm -hmm. And um we see in part of the trailer he, you know, they they stand on something that looks like kind of like a hoverboard, but it it just lifts them up into the spaceship and then they mm -hmm. go flying off and he tells the kid you know, hang on because, you know, we're going to, we're going for it. And the kid says, what? And then he hits the throttle and the kid's just thrown to the back of the Oh, the yeah, thing, yeah. Right? Yep. And, but then he fires like a torpedo or a missile or something that detonates and creates this time like vortex. Like some kind of wormhole thing. Yeah. That, that he flies, that into. He flies yep. into. So that looked pretty cool. So I'm kind of looking forward to finding out more about how that whole thing works. Yeah. So it, it looks like the plot of the movie is they're looking for uh, the kid and Ryan Reynolds' dad. Yeah. Who is uh, Paul Rudd. Not Paul Rudd. Uh, no, no, no. The other guy. Yeah, uh, the guy who plays the Hulk. Mark Ruffalo. Mike Mark Ruffalo. 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 Yeah. And it's also got a couple <laughs> other actors in there, too. Uh, Jennifer Garner. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, so there's there's quite a few uh, stars in there, and Zoe uh, Salander Salad. I, I'm sorry, I'm butchering the names, but anyways, you know these actors, uh, and uh, it it should be pretty good. Star Starful film. Uh, the other trailer I saw recently was actually not really a specific movie trailer. It was uh, released from DC uh, called "The World Needs uh, Heroes." So it covered uh, the new Batman coming out. Uh, Aquaman, um, uh, Black Adam, uh, and I think maybe one more one more film was covered in there, um, and The Flash. So mm -hmm. it, it's kind of a comp compilation. It's about like a you know, minute, minute and a half. Uh, mixes a bunch of scenes from there to some epic music or whatever. But basically, say, hey, here's what you have to look forward to for 2022. Yeah, that's uh, a so lot of DC movies in 2022. It, it is. If you if you're a big if you're a DC fan, I'm a DC fan. Uh, there is still a lot coming. Uh, it all looks really good. Um, and uh, so DC is still working on continuing building out their world. Uh, so we'll see what they can do this year with it. Sweet. And that trailer kind of hints at a tonal shift away from uh, the Zack Schneider stuff to mm -hmm. the more, uh, what have been their more successful movies with that are much more kind of in line with MCU stuff where they have fun and aren't just, I'm sad and gray. <laughs> well, we've I, got, I, I uh, still say it. I still like Justice League. I know. I'm cut. still trying to pick a fight with you, Chris. <laughs> okay. Okay. That didn't work. Uh, Bitcoin sucks. <laughs> Bitcoin Don't does suck, that. though. Bitcoin Don't does start. suck. Don't start that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, cool stuff that's uh, coming out this year. We've got, uh, well, The Boys Season 3 is going to be coming out. Mm. Oh right yeah, summer, I think not well, for that's kids. That's gonna that's gonna be brutal. Oh my god, that'll be so brutal. Um, <laughs> have you guys been watching Peacemaker? No, not yet. I it is on my though. short list. I was just yeah. talking to a friend about it last night. And I was said too it was talking talking to he said it was excellent. Uh, Josh Cato stopped by okay. this morning for a little bit, and uh, he was saying, "Oh yeah, you really got to watch it. It's awesome." 
Yeah, I hear that John Cena is just having a grand old time with that show, or had a Mm -hmm. grand old time with that show, because it just looks like he embraced that character wholly and just had fun with it. Yeah, he's really, I was was talking about John Cena to the, the friend we were talking about Peacemaker, and I was pointing out that he's really grown as an actor, much like Dwayne Johnson did from where they started to where they're yeah. at now. Um, even better in some respects, I think, than, than Dwayne Johnson, just in uh, Peacemaker's really shown how, like to your point, Seth, he's embraced that role down to the point where sometimes I don't know how he keeps a straight face on, on screen, <laughs> but the things that comes out of his mouth. So well, the new Suicide Squad where he, he, he oh he yeah, that Peacemaker, he was so good in that. That was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. I love peace, and I'll yeah. kill anyone I need to to get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and, should we? And Stranger Things season three. Yep. Uh, God, that's no, wait, been... season four. Season three is already four. Out. Yeah, sorry. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Can you believe? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at something here. It's been almost three years since we last saw those. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and like rewatch. Yeah, the, last yeah, the first three seasons because they've got to be they're they're gonna be much older now. There's got to yeah. be a time yeah. Job. Apparently, uh, according to what I'm reading here, uh, the Byers family has moved to California in an attempt to leave the upside down behind. Oh no! And it... good luck with that. <laughs> that's gotta be bad news. I don't think you can escape the upside down. I think that's a rule. No, it no, you don't you. escape that. Oh at all. yeah, and remember uh, the sheriff, the poor sheriff David uh, Hooper uh hopper hopper is in a russian gulag somewhere right <laughs> yes yes working on a railway or something like yeah yeah no yeah. oh, three years in a okay. russian gulag that's a long time <sighs> that's weird and then uh house of dragon which is uh speaking of game of thrones uh is also coming out with um uh the 11th doctor uh matt oh, uh, matt smith, smith. Yeah, he's going to be playing a lead role in that. He's uh, uh like the one head of the, of the Targaryen family. Yeah, so that should be really good. So yeah, a lot of and lot and of speaking stuff. of Doctor Who, Around the World in Eighty Days is now streamable. Yay! Ooh. On Prime Video and Apple TV. Oh, nice. And we had to wait a while because I wasn't going to do the PBS and I didn't want to do Masterpiece and it was <laughs> over in Britain. But finally, it's streamable. Yay. So. For uh, those of our audience who don't know what's around the world in 80 days, like the, is that a Doctor Who thing or the actual story? It's just kind of the same, it's a Victorian period thing, right? It's a steampunky themed. Okay, so this is the Orson Welles around the world in 80 days. Yep. Yeah. Or not, H.G. Wells, sorry. Right, H.G. Wells. It's around the world as opposed to War of the Worlds. Yeah. I, I think the last time I remember anybody being in an around the world in 80 days was David Niven back in the 60s or 70s. So <laughs> this is good. This is good. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of cool stuff coming out. I'm very excited. Like like we said, golden age of uh, science fiction and fantasy. Yay. Oh, and listeners, oh, no. <laughs> listen, listen up. A quick correction. Yes. Around the world in 80 days is Jules Verne. Verne, right. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Uh, listen up, listeners. We next up, Saturday up. evening at 7 p.m. Central Time are going to be doing a live stream, uh, after dark special, after dark episode, live streaming to Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And uh, we are going to be reviewing a very interesting movie 
that um, Seth, Linda, and I uh, watched last night. And Chris is going to be checking it out here too With this Stu week. Burn. And yep, and we're going to have special guest uh, Stu Burns is going to be joining us. This is a uh, horror film, and it's um, unique in the perspective that the 40-minute horror film was filmed in a single take, single cut. It's and one uh, cut of the dead. what's that? It's called One Cut of the Dead. One Cut of the Dead. So uh, if you want to get all of our uh, inside jokes that night as we're talking about the, the show and, and not have any spoilers, you might want to try to take that in this week. It's on uh, Shudder network and you can actually get a free trial free seven-day trial of shutter right now and no they're not uh they're not uh paying us to say that uh they're not paying for advertising here although they should but they could <laughs> they could we would certainly accept their endorsement if they wanted to uh, be on the show unfortunately bill yes i hate to interrupt you but at the time this episode airs the live stream will have been the previous weekend. Oh my God, you're right. We should have done this on the last episode if you wanted we to. We should have. So or switch the order. Well, yeah, we'll have to do some. <laughs> if you want this notice going out, you're going to have to change. Right. We'll right. figure it out. Well, we can do that. Live we'll recording, people. This is no <laughs> script. No scripts. No one knows what we're doing. <laughs> Well, it keeps it. We, we we believe in keeping it real here on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, all right. Well, anything else to wrap it up? No, I think that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, listeners, if uh, any of you out there have something that you'd like us to watch and review and talk about, or uh, if you have a, a favorite gaming system that maybe we didn't mention that you'd like to share with everyone else, let us know in the comments section. Uh, as always, you can check us out. Um, this episode and past episodes are all archived on our website, galacticdriftwood.space. And you can check out our uh, partner podcasters, uh, on the SynergyNation.net network. Uh, that's S-Y-N-Nation.net. So anyway, thank you all for listening. We hope you'll tune in. Um, and uh, if this actually airs after uh, our live after <laughs> dark show, sure. we hope you did tune in and we hope you enjoyed it. So anyway, take care and have a great week, everybody. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well. <laughs>